Cool. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Steph Curdy Show. I don't yet have a mission for the podcast, but we're welcoming back the first, second time guest on this podcast, Mickey Weldy. Mickey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, man. We're making this into a date. It's a routine. We're we're Stop dating now, dude. Date. No, I'm gonna keep calling it that. <laughs> we got weekly outings. I mean, this is getting serious, man. All right, true, true. <laughs> it's a date then. All right, cool. So <laughs> that's about that's as much as as I've had planned for this. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I um I'm always curious um when we get together to talk about video and talk about filmmaking and talk about art and style and like do you think you have a style because i don't think i have one Mm -hmm. i know what's happening when i make certain videos like it's very like quick and fast but that's also because i'm not the i don't not the best videographer and it's kind (laughs) of shaky so i have to use (laughs) quick and fast yeah and also i know it's kind of cheating because when you do quick cuts it's very it, it leads people on keeps people engaged yeah but do you have a style do you think or a style that you want yeah there are styles that i try to mimic but in my own way but i can't say confidently that i have a style yet um i too fall into the idea that faster cuts keeps people engaged and allows you to you know tell a story kind of quickly with a few quick images but i wish that my style could be much more slow and really like I always feel really like engrossed in a film or in a scene where it's like one take. Okay. Uh, I apologize because I want to make sure that I give the listeners an idea of where we're going to be going over the next 40 to 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm right there with you. Listeners, um, first of all, thanks for listening. Second of all, uh, the I think the value that you're going to get out of this episode is I'm going to ask Mickey what he wants to be doing when he's 80 years old and what he expects he wants life to be like. Um, I'm asking that because for my own personal benefit, I try to think about when I'm 80, when I'm less mobile, when I'm not able to take action or experience all that life has to offer, how will I want to look back on life or will I want documentation of stuff to, to be like, okay, I did this and that or Hmm. to relive stuff. I don't know if that's even like, should I want to relive stuff or whatever? Anyway, I'm going to ask him his opinion on that. And I think that's where a lot of value is going to come from in this episode. So if you want to stick around and listen to that, we'll get to it eventually. For now, we're going to talk about art and style and video. Yeah. So back to what you're saying, being engrossed in the moment. Those are slower shots mm-hmm. or slow-mo or like you like hanging on the emotion of that moment. Yes. Letting the music play, capturing something. It's hard to do when you're cut, constantly cutting. Yeah, and it's hard to do as a viewer unless you are actually invested True. in what you're uh, 
and, and what you're watching. You need to approach it as if like, oh, I'm going to get something out of this. I'm here to watch it. Because how many times do we sit down to Netflix? We start a mm. show. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. Do you watch Netflix? Yeah. I mean, okay. are you a human? <laughs> no. Uh, how many times I sit down to Netflix, yeah, I start right. a movie. And I'm like, I'm going to get into this 10 minutes in. I'm just like, I, I just can't. Yep. I'm just not. I'm not there for it. Exactly. And that's all of us in in certain times of our lives, I think like it's hard to really sit down and focus and say that this is what I'm doing for the next two hours. This is what I'm doing for the next hours. All of my focus is going into getting out as much as I can from this experience. And when you talk about style and what I hope to, for mine to be someday is to have built some sort of reputation that people can come and, tr and watch my stuff. Reputation. And, and then, and know that I'm hoping that they'll come into it with patience and allowing the beauty of whatever's on the screen to come across in a way that's, um, that's more impactful than just like, boom, 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 we're cutting here's all the stuff that happened. Um, yeah, I, I love that stuff. So the reputation part, you, so guys, if you haven't already known already learned mickey has a podcast out it's new it's five episodes deep mm -hmm. and he's you know we're both on this trend together um what do you think it's not even worth asking i was gonna say like what do you think your reputation is five episodes in mm -hmm. or like what do you think people might come back to your podcast for that's a good question. I can answer it myself, mm -hmm. but it, we can, you go, you go. <laughs> I think that they would at this point in time, come back to it for, I guess the same reasons that they would likely decide to watch or listen to anything. And it's because they have some sort of interest in what, I'm going to say and you as a human, yeah, that they're interested in me Just as a person. They know you for the most part right now. That's the case. Um, and I, and I hope that over time that more people will come to know me through that medium so that then they would want to keep up with whatever's going on in my mind and whatever I'm talking about. I often like I'm approaching this, I feel like a lot of people approach things with a strategy and I don't have yeah. a strategy. Right. I don't know who this podcast is for. If you, if people know me and they want to listen to it and then they decide to come back, well then the podcast is for them, mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily have, I know I have interests, but I'm not going to say that this podcast is for filmmakers or this podcast is for entrepreneurs or for wisdom seekers or yeah. investors or whatever yeah. because i'm going to talk about all of it right i'll start a different podcast if it's specifically soccer sure yeah and then people can know that that's yeah if they don't care about my wandering opinion which probably it's going to keep the audience limited here <laughs> but if you also like some wit and humility you might return a little that's more right. often a little more yeah. wisdom that's why i bring you on thanks man yeah, it's interesting to talk about because the reason for, for me doing it isn't necessarily to like have people want to come back to hear what I have to say. But the reason that I'm doing it 
is a bit selfish in the fact that I'm just more interested in what I have to say and what I can sort of conjure up as I take time to sit down and talk about stuff. So I'm as invested and interested in it as anybody else would be. In fact, I'm obviously more invested in it because I'm the one that has to go and do it. I don't just hit play to listen to it. I hit record to make it. And then, yeah, I listen back to it because like, I want to see where I went and what I talked about. And I know we'll go into this, but like 60 years from now, it would be cool to be able to do the same thing and start back from the beginning and re-listen to what I was going through during those stages of my life. We're going into it right now because you said that you're doing it. A lot of it is selfish in a very positive way. Yeah. And I, that's, I'll, like, I call it selfish for myself. Yeah. But it's not selfish in the fact that I want to like get rich, make a name for myself and leave all my relationships behind. <laughs> and like, I do no, I'm just, <laughs> like, not, I don't want to leave my relationships. Like, behind. Forget everybody. This is all for me. <laughs> like that, that's not the case at all. It's in fact the opposite. And I talk about that in the first episode that I want to build better understanding with people and have deeper relationships with people. And one of the ways that I think I can do that is just by sharing my thoughts on a consistent basis. And I mean it in a selfish way that it's just like, I'm learning and growing through this. So why not keep doing sure. it for that reason? Even if no one else is interested or listening at all. So, um, I keep a journal. I'm sure you do something as well. And you have been for a while. Yeah, or, sure. Or like you write or mm -hmm. you at least document something in some version. Mm -hmm. When I turn back to a journal that I've written in three years ago and I look at this day three years ago and what where my head was at. Yeah. It gives me so much perspective about where I was and where I've come mm -hmm. so that I can I can just be I can remember how grateful I am for like all the progress I've made, or right. at least I know that progress has been made. If you don't have any recordings of anything and you can't see where you were to where you are now in your mindset and like anything, it's so hard to be like, wow, good job. You're on the track. If you go to the gym every day, if you go to the gym like I do and it's not every day and you don't see gains, <laughs> yeah, right. You're like, "Why the fuck am I going here? I don't I'm not what's happening? I'm not even getting any bigger or like stronger." Yeah, like maintenance mode. I am, but I don't take pictures of myself. I don't log <laughs> my workouts. Yeah. But it's very similar to that. When you see progress, it's so encouraging. Definitely, dude. And What's, so, so yeah. Well, and, and then tie it into like years from now. Yeah. So what you're talking about is one of the most important things that will allow you to go further in life and to have even more achievements that are meaningful to you throughout life because you do have that documentation to see how far you've come and the sort of perspective change that's happened over time. If you didn't have any of that stuff, you would look back from five years ago and be like, wow, man, I've changed a lot. Like I'm, I'm going towards different things. I have new interests, but those endeavors I think could be even more 
enriching and important to you and you could focus more like time and, and real energy into them if you understood how important they were because you had documentation of like how much you've changed. Does that kind of make sense? Like, yeah, yeah. And if you put it in a bigger picture of like, you know, when we're 80 years old, I think a lot more achievement in, in like healthy ways, not like, you know, in, in positive things that have happened throughout your life, meaningful things, more of that stuff is possible and you can build on it more because you've spent the time to actually document and track progress and not in like an obsessive way. You've just allowed yourself the time to reflect and then it's allowed you to go deeper into those next stages of life. I think, I think it helps you focus on yourself rather than like external comparison. So yeah, now you have the ability to compare yourself to, to you to, so that it doesn't matter. It's like you've made progress within your own goals and your own ambitions instead of having to compare it to some outside fat force or a person or your friends or your family, mm-hmm. you don't have to compare yourself to other people because that's going to corrupt you in yeah. like happiness and yeah. like competition. And it's going to, in weird ways, make you not root as strongly as you should for other people. Mm-hmm. That's definitely true. Yeah. I mean, that sort of comparison limits your ability to compare yourself to yourself is like where you really need to see the comparison not to somebody else you don't have the same problems or goals you're in your own lane and you know it's yeah it's it's amazing because you have a tangible way to compare yourself to yourself if you take the time to do what we're doing now or journal or take those sort of actions you have an actual way for you to compare yourself rather than just like a semi idea of ways that you've changed and grown. Well, well, good, good job to us. Let's compliment ourselves here. Way to go team. Um, but the, the, it's also really helpful to have people around you doing stuff that helps encourage you to continue doing the stuff that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate just having you around as you do this stuff. I mean, we'd still be friends if you weren't, but yeah, it's, it's better. <laughs> yeah, it's way better. I mean, I real quick, I talked about this this morning for the fifth episode of my podcast about friendships. And like, as you get older, you just spend more time with the people that have like real interests that you have, like you share a common perspective. And um, of course you'll have friends that you'll always stay close with throughout life. But when you talk about people that you spend time with, I sort of, um, got some real insight from my wife, Julie. She came up with this idea of like, good job, Julie. It's kind of like servant friendship over like social friendship. So you have friends, but you're like serving each other in a way like you're encouraging or holding each other accountable or just doing things that are helping each other grow and get better rather than just like the social friendship. It's like, we've been friends for friends for years and we just kind of do the same stuff. And we're in like a cycle or a routine where like, you know, we party on Fridays and, go out on Saturdays and like, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that's like servant friendship. I don't even think that's a good way to describe that, but it kind of makes sense. I know what you mean. Yeah. I'm, I want my long-term friendships to morph into like more entrepreneurial friendships. Like I want my friends to 
jump in businesses with me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and everyone says, don't go into business with your friends. <laughs> right. Like, I'm like, what? <laughs> I want to do, I, if I'm going to spend this much time working, I want to do it with people that I like doing, spending time with. Yes. So if you're my friend, like, okay, let's find the common denominator. How can we make this a business? Right. <laughs> how can we like benefit? How, how can we be productive around it? Yeah. That productivity. In a fun way. Right. That I think that they can coexist. Of course they can. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody says you can, don't do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. No, I, have, like friends, you have to find, you either have to have like weird talks or find friends that get it. Right. In my opinion. Yeah. No, it's true, man. So, um, okay. I want to go fully there. I want to go fully like decades from now. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Um, I sometimes look at my grandma. She's 90. She's right. Oh, that's what I wanted to show you. Give me one second. Talk into the mic while I walk away. All right. Well, well, Steve and I were driving over here and we were talking about the idea of be still being like having a sound mind when you're older, maybe not as mobile, but being able to actually like yeah. remember things and relive things and how we both definitely share the, you know, the, we think it's important to us to be able to document stuff and be able to relive stuff. Yeah. The, I just handed Whoa. Mickey a book. It's a set of memoirs that my grandma wrote over the past, like five to 10 years. And they're just stories from her life. And like she, and so I, you know, you know that uh bookstore Shakespeare and co and, Philly, uh, it's no. like on 16th and wall, uh, it's like 17th or 18th and walnut. Yeah. They have a book press in there. So you send them a wow. PDF and they'll print that out. That was like 20 bucks. If you wanted to do more, you get a better rate, but those, dude, yeah, those are just, awesome. those are just stories from her life of 90 years that we have. And it fulfills her to put it to, to write them. I want to know, like, wow, is, does this, of course she lived those things and they existed, but uh, there's part narration that's important to our lives, the, uh, the stories that we tell ourselves. Yeah. And like, when you're 90 and more immobile and you're kind of like here with your stories and I don't know. I don't know what else you'll have when you're 90. Right. You still have family that loves yeah. you. Right. And like, you're still making new memories and like, you're still doing stuff. But how important are those stories? And do, is that, do you want to be documenting all of this stuff so that at 90, you can be writing more detailed stories or like remember it better or relive it? Or is that a waste of time? I don't think it's a waste of time at all because could you see why it would be a waste of time? Is nostalgia a waste of time? Well, it can be if not if it's not properly implemented into your thoughts or interactions. What do you mean? You can you can put the the book down. If you no, man, this is amazing. There's stuff in here that like 
It's crazy. Even just stopping for a moment to read some of it is like impacting me what page in a great way. Page 24, talking about walking the beach was a daily thing. Oh, cool. There's some really poetic sentences in here. Yeah, she's would, a good writer. Yeah. Wow. Really cool, man. And this is a thick book, people. This isn't like some thin little... It's 300 pages, but it's big writing it's, it's because big writing, she needs to be but, able to to see it. But wow, dude. <laughs> that's that's incredible. So we're going to iterate on it, put it like <clears> a more a prettier cover and yeah. fill it out. And then Shoosh. she'll have a whole book. Yeah. But yeah, she's got a website and everything. Incredible, man. I think that nostalgia is useful when used to um, help others with the situations that they're living through. Mm. So you can like shared wisdom. Yeah. And, and I think that the best way for us to relate to something is to hear other people's stories. Shared stories is so crucial. Like when someone begins teaching me a lesson and they tell me something that they have experience that they actually lived through it helps me realize the truth in it rather than just like here's a lesson so i think that we can be nostalgic in a really healthy and useful way when you know you kind of ask like is it helpful to have that stuff later on so that you can either build on it or just like continue to document the new stuff that's happening i think that they can kind of go together and that you can continue to build off of what you've already documented. And, and yeah, then, I, I think your, I think your point is, is yeah, that's, that's what it. I hope. I, I think that, I think that's it because what you said was, I mean, the value of 90 years of human life, being able to relate that and like, listen, I went through, I went through this experience and it seems like you're going through something similar. Here's mm-hmm. how it turned out for me 40, 50 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And dude, even that like few sentences that I just read, that she was talking about walking on the beach and it said like, you know, there's no one else around except barefooted me. And like, it's just me and the sandpipers, you know, that are you know, going across the sand. Like those few sentences I feel like will help me appreciate my day or appreciate the next time that I'm on a beach by myself and like realizing those moments that we have and like the fullness of our, like our ability to be fully present and experience them at a depth that most of the time we just, you know, go through life interacting. Something I learned from you interacting with like the 10 feet in front of us. But when I read something like that, it helps me then be able to like, see and and understand those situations when they're happening and fully live in them. True. How about when somebody is no longer around? Let's, let's not make it about my grandma. Let's make it about you and me. Mm -hmm. For example, we drove here most likely time to die is like in a car. (laughs) Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we have people that love us. What do you think the value is to them? And is there value to them um, of having a podcast that you've just put together? And it's like, I mean, 
are people going to cling to it? Is it going to be helpful? Is it going to be healthy? Of course it is because they have the opportunity to use it. They don't, you don't have to cling to it as like, this is the only thing I have. Right. So of course it's valuable. (laughs) Do I even need to ask that question? (laughs) No, I think it's valid because it makes me think about the fact that. Oh, when, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. When one of us is gone, that unfortunately then normally becomes the time that people are more interested in like what was going on in their life and in their mind and what did they think of themselves and the world and me. And these sort of things will allow them to hopefully listen to in a way that gives them a little bit more clarity. And like, yeah, people can listen to what we're doing right now or what I've been trying to do in this podcast, they can listen to it and like relate it to their own life. And that's what I hope that they do. But years and years from now, when I'm not here anymore, my hope is that people who know, like know me could maybe re-listen to them and just have a better understanding of the person that I am and the person that I was trying to become. Um, you're, you're a unique human being. Just like all of us. Very rare. Um, the moment I had when you started talking was I have two examples. I have two, two, uh, two stories from my own life. Um, one, when I went to Brazil for a couple months, mm-hmm. I wrote my, I wrote both my parents like a letter and it felt really freeing to like, let them know that I'm like going on like a life adventure Yeah, and that like it felt it felt freeing in a weird way. Like if I was to die in a plane crash, like I feel satisfied that they know that I'm happy. Right. And then the other one was wow. when I made a website um, called a cosmic perspective.com. I loved it. <laughs> it, uh, it was almost as if, no, I'm not going to go that far. Uh, it felt really, really freeing to put out an idea Mm -hmm. into the world and have it exist. And now like, I feel, I I just feel free to die. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because like something that I believe so strongly in, even though, you know, I feel so strongly about those ideas that if I'm no longer around, I at least put something out into the world that Mm -hmm. will, hopefully exist beyond me. And yeah, those two things have made it easier to cope with the ideas. If I was going to die tomorrow, I've told people that I love them or that I've put out a thesis about the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I think that's what this is too, for yeah. sure. It makes it easier to have like shared your emotion. Absolutely, man. Something like that. No, what you just shared is incredibly encouraging and eye-opening to me. And I think to anybody listening who can allow that to sort of sink in, um, taking the time to do that, to write that letter, to, you know, post something that is so meaningful to you and create it and, and share it, it really does liberate you because you feel as though, all right, like, if anything were to happen, at least these people know how I felt. Is there anything that compares to having a kid like that? Like 
I imagine are you shaking your head yes it's well is there anything that can compare to having a kid a child that you're putting into the world that is like you (laughs) (laughs) i i guess go ahead i can't speak from experience and that is sort of where i find myself because i can't speak from experience of what i'm going to think about in 10 years like, is there anything compared to But Mick has it? a child. I do. I, I, and she's eight months old. And there is, so far in my life, there has not been an experience that is as, like, life-changing and eye-opening and just, like, everything about it. How old are you? 29. And what I meant by how I started answering this is that, like, there hasn't been anything like that in my, you know, but I also don't know what's to come down the road that could potentially be a similar experience. Like when I think about, you know, if my daughter gets married one day, like, yeah, it's not going to be the same, like as bringing a human into this world, like that you were part of creating, but there's going to be a lot of emotions and feelings and things going on when it comes to like having them, like seeing them as an adult and realizing that you've done a good job of raising them and that they're stepping into their adult life in a way that like you feel as though you did the best you could and you're super proud of them. And, um, but yeah, having a kid is like, sounds cheap to say having a kid. Let's, let's switch the word kid to child. I'm sorry for saying kid. It's okay. Um, bringing life into this world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, I think Julie and I both agree with the statement that it wasn't an immediate realization for some people. They say that as soon as the kid, their child is born that like they, you know, the mom will put their baby on, on their chest and just have this like crazy moment of realization and presence and um they can't explain it and there's just so many things literally going on chemically and like physically in their body that um and we would both agree that it took us a little bit more time to like fully experience that and now i think it happens um maybe not in the same way that it first did, but now it happens like every day whenever she smiles and whenever you hold her and I put her to sleep and it's just like, damn. Yeah. It happens over and over and over again. Damn. Yeah. I'm let's see, where do I want to take this? Cause I could go, I could go very like therapy. Like I need some therapy. I need some advice because maybe I'll just go there. Yeah. I'm um, <clears throat> I'm not sure if I want to have kids or not. Mm-hmm. And I've, it just, it just, you know, where am I at right now is how I'm making a decision mm-hmm. and I'm not making decision years down the line. Like I know I want to have kids. I'm not making that decision right now. I don't. And so the answer is I don't want kids. Yeah. That changes if there's somebody 
very important in my life, like in a relationship that's like, I, I know I'm having kids, like I want kids. And then it mm-hmm. becomes more important to me. Yeah. You know, I think I just figured it out while saying that, but do you, it's not even a fair question. I mean, like I, I do know your answer. Did you ever yeah, debate I not having kids? No. How long have you thought that you wanted kids for forever? Yeah. I mean, since okay. Julie and I started dating when we were really young, it's always been something we've talked about. It's always something that I've thought about. And then as I got older, as I got to like my early twenties, like I, I, I actually went through times in my life where I wasn't feeling fully confident in my ability to, um, get where I want to get eventually in my career, like just having self doubts of like, all right, I'm never going to do all the things I've dreamed about, which by the way is the opposite now. Like I'm like, yo, let's go. I'm, I'm ready to, I know what that work is like. I'm going to do it and I'm going to enjoy it. And it's going to be awesome. Like we're making this thing happen, but I've gone through stages where I didn't believe in myself at all. So I actually thought I'm just most excited about being a dad. Like what I felt like my purpose in life during those times is like, is to just be a great dad. And that's what I'm here to do is to be an awesome dad and like raise kids that know they're loved and that I pour, you know, my knowledge and wisdom and love into in a way that just like allows them to live a really full and happy and meaningful life. And I would in return get that exact thing, a full, happy, meaningful life by being their dad. And I still want that, but I know that it's also going to happen while I pursue the things that Julie and I feel like we're here to, to pursue. So what it, I mean, you said it, but what can you define it a little more? Like, what do you want for your children? Like, what is your goal for them to be, have a happy, meaningful, fulfilled life? Like, what does that look like in parenting on a daily basis? Trust. Like, them knowing that I only have the best intentions for, for them. And, um, it, and I think also it has to do with, it's more than encouragement. I guess it's, I'm like, like guidance. I think that a lot of it has to do with guidance in the healthy way. Um, because I remember growing up and my dad guided me in certain ways, but I didn't listen to his guidance. I did what I wanted to do and what I thought I should do. And then like years later realized like he was right. I should have played soccer in high school. I would have been in a much better place. Cause like I'm built like a soccer player. I can't be out there running routes. I'm not even that fast. Like I'm getting destroyed across the middle of varsity football. Like I should definitely be a goalie. I should definitely be like, you know, I should be playing soccer. And he told me that and I didn't listen to him. And I, um, and that's all, that's, you know, that's just how life goes, but that's one example. And I, I just want to be someone in their life that they know is doing all I can to support them and, and guide them in the ways that I see would help them in the big grand scheme of life. Do you think that, you know, I mean, to the same degree that your parents weren't always right and that like 
<clears throat> even though they're they believe they're doing the best for you. Mm-hmm. I don't need examples, but like, do you feel that the same could happen with you and your children? It's like, I'm your dad. I want what's best for you. I want to protect you, mm-hmm. love you. I probably want to like protect you from all things that could ever harm you. Yeah. And in that harm could be a, a lot of good lessons. Mm-hmm. So how do you think about, how do you think about that? Well, what's helpful is that Julie and I have talked about this stuff and are at a similar understanding of like what our sort of involvement will be when it comes to like, I don't want anything to harm you or whatever. Like that's not how we're going to parent. Like you need to learn lessons in certain ways. And the only way that you're going to learn it is by experiencing it. And, um, and I don't really want to give examples because there's like the cliche examples of the hot stove or of other stuff like that. But I guess I've got an example. What's that? I mean, my parents are, you know, like, I I think I could call them helicopters. They're like around to protect me and Mm -hmm. everything, but like, they can't prevent me from sticking my hand into an exercise bicycle and getting my <laughs> pinky finger ripped off. <laughs> right. So, yeah, you- <laughs> I'm, and like, and then it made them even more paranoid <laughs> after, I could imagine. At, at age six and beyond. And then yeah. like, you know, other things happen that you just can't <clears throat> insulate someone from the world. It's true. And, and, and so then it's about how do you deal with that? Hmm and deal with the idea of potential loss. Like you have to, you, you, maybe you don't need to prepare for it, but you need to know that that's a possibility. Yeah, no, it's a tightrope. And you understand my personality well enough, I think. And over time, hopefully I can do a good job of explaining it to other people through this podcast or my podcast, or just anything I share in the world. Um, but when you talk about that, like the grim thoughts of like being prepared for, you know, anything to happen in life, um, that those things are just realities that occur. And could you ever feel prepared for something like that? Definitely not. But there are certain perspectives to have in life that allow you to feel peaceful in every moment knowing that no matter what happens that there's a bigger story and that we can't control everything that happens and having already surrendered that control in other areas of my life allows me to like understand that yes my kid's going to get hurt there might break some bones they're going to learn lessons the hard way at times and i'm not going to be there to protect them from it but there's this huge cosmic story being told and that this one part of it isn't the end of it i, I kind of just want to end there we've got about 10 minutes left it's ten fifty. um is there anything from what we've talked about that you want to uh elaborate on well we talked a little bit about this and I agree that's a nice place to end. So I'm not going to go far into it. <laughs> but what I will say is that when you look back on life through vlogs, through documentation that you've done in life, for me, I want to have 
actual like movies, like little videos that are finished stories, like things that have like a beginning and an end. You hit it right there. Actual stories to, to have live on after me. Whereas right now I have hard drives filled with just footage of just documentation and that's cool. But like, that's not what I want to leave. I want to leave stories and lessons and have them be beginning, middle end things to have people, um, be able to watch and, or listen to. Cool. Uh, before we go, let me just get a quick pick so that we can, uh, <clears throat> ready. All right, cool. Nice. And look at this, look at this framing. <laughs> That's awesome. I've got a pineapple and a little <laughs> spider plant sitting on the table and I'm I recording Mickey's face between the two of them. <laughs> That's so good. So Mickey, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Thanks for sharing your wisdom and and things deep in your life. Dude, thank um, you for sharing yours, man. You're a great host and a person that I love to talk to and have these conversations with. So thanks. Yeah, man. And so that concludes episode two of the Steph Curdy show. Be sure to tune back in next week. And um, what is your podcast called? Where can people find it if you'd like to? Sure. Yeah. Apple podcast or Spotify. It's just the what? Mickey Weldy podcast. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the Mickey Weldy podcast. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you got something out of this. Have a great day.